Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Listeners, I'm back. It's uh, one of your hosts, David Kozlowski. It's been a long time since you guys have heard from me. It's very good to be talking for a few minutes. Um, I also, I'm, I'm really looking forward to being able to share a couple of thoughts with you guys. I've had lots of thoughts in the past six weeks or so because I haven't been able to talk much. Um, make a really long story short, I just wanted to say thank you to all of our loyal listeners out there for sharing information about Light the Fight to family, friends, and loved ones, or anyone who you think could benefit from just hearing our conversations and the things that we talk about here, which is always family-related in one way or another relationship, close interpersonal family members, friends, types of relationship conversations. Um, but I'm especially thankful for this opportunity to talk to you guys because I have been eating humble pie for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I thought I was uh, fairly humble before my recent health experiences, but turns out uh, there was a lot more humble pie for me to eat. Uh, make a really long story short, for those of you that have been paying attention to the podcast for a while and noticed that I was gone, I tried to do a podcast while I was sick and it didn't go very well. In fact, after that podcast, it, I don't think it was a podcast fault, but I just talked for way too long and um, speaking was something that was very difficult for me to do. And oddly enough, my symptoms got worse after I recorded a podcast like four or five weeks ago. Um, so just jumping right into it, um, I've been going to see neurologists. I've had a lot of um, tests and stuff done. And uh, my most recent diagnosis, which which makes the most sense and and I'm, I'm going with because it just, it connected a lot of the dots, is that um, I definitely had viral meningitis. And if you guys know anything about viral meningitis, um, I believe it kills over 200,000 people a year in the United States. And so it's a very serious illness. And for those people, it doesn't kill. It can leave them uh, permanently impaired in lots of ways, physically, mentally, emotionally. And I'd say I'm about 85, 90% back um, as right now as I'm recording this. I may have a couple of glitches in my speech when I'm talking. I have a tendency to start a word and then it just... Like if I were to say processing, I'd say process, and it just like tails off and like it just goes to mush at the end of the word. Um, besides some speech stuff and some memory stuff, I'm, I'm almost back to normal, still pretty weak and fatigued. Um, another neurologist that I saw recently uh, believed that I had COVID because um, apparently COVID uh, attacks the brain pretty bad if you had pre-existing brain injuries. Um, and neurological issues, which I which I did. I've had a long history of uh, head traumas. Uh, that's the reason why I was forced to quit playing uh, college football was because of head traumas. I was in a coma for about a day and a half, had a speech impediment for 15 years. So, um, but my most recent diagnosis is it was definitely um, viral meningitis and perhaps 
he also didn't rule out that, you know, I might have had COVID and viral meningitis at the same time, which would make more sense because I didn't have the typical symptoms of COVID, but I did have a lot of the fatigue and stuff of COVID. Anyways, long story short, um, viral meningitis, possibly also COVID at the same time, wasn't a good recipe. And for all those of you out there who have um, lost loved ones to COVID or to any sickness, you know, in the past or recently, I can just personally say, or if you have loved ones going through that right now, um, I can just personally say there's good reason to uh, to be concerned and, you know, and worried about your loved ones. And if they're still struggling, you know, my heart goes out to you. I've definitely um, had a huge increase in empathy for anyone going through difficult times right now. And I just want to just say, you know, I love each and every one of you. And even though we may not have met before all of our listeners, I just... Whatever you're going through, you're not going through it alone. And um, I'm just happy to to be here. And I didn't want to take too much time today because I'm still trying to get back into the swing of things. But I want to take a few minutes to to share just a couple of thoughts and give a little suggestion. Um, and before I do so, I want to thank our sponsor, uh, 1-800-CONTACTS, um, our community uh, partner, not just a sponsor, just for all the support they gave to me while I was sick. Um, the great people over there, you know, I mentioned this, I think before, but they sent me a lot of care packages, a lot of notes and just a lot of, you know, well-wishing. And so I'm really thankful for that. So if you need context, don't hesitate to get it from 1-800. They don't just make great context. They, they make great relationships too. So thank you to them. Um, but in the time that in the past couple of weeks, I've been recovering and the, the conversations I've been able to start having with people. Um, it's definitely come to my attention and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there's a lot of contention out there in, in the world, sarcasm intended with that. Um, a lot of people are asking me when I say a lot, I don't want to exaggerate and say like hundreds of people, cause I really haven't talked to a lot of people, but the few people I've talked to that have asked me for just my thoughts on everything that's going in, going on in the world. And, and, you know, for the few people that have cared enough to, be curious about what I think about it. A couple conversations started off with them sharing with me that they had some difficult conversations that turned into arguments with family, friends, and loved ones about, you know, everything with politics to COVID and, you know, how it should be treated, how it should not be treated. And so two people in general, a couple of people all together, but two people specifically said like, what do I do when, when I'm, no, I'm going to be around someone that who's pretty confrontational or has some pretty uh, strong opinions, um, especially with the holidays coming up. There's family gatherings that might be happening. And and some of you may have relatives or friends or loved ones that you are a little fearful to be around because, you know, they'll bring up, you know, politics, they'll bring up COVID because those are hot topics right now. And so the question was asked to me by these people, like, how do I avoid those conversations without just flat out not going or not being around them or walking away upset and making it awkward, uncomfortable. And the answer for me is very simple. And I just want to share this suggestion with all of you. There's one thing that I believe that every single one is going to vote yes for. So there's one thing that I believe we can all agree upon. We definitely can't all agree upon how COVID has been dealt with, how it should be dealt with. We definitely can't agree upon, you know, bunch of political issues or who you're going to vote for. Obviously, there's a lot of big divide in our country and families and communities about 
who should be the next president. But there's definitely one thing that I know we're all going to check the box yes for. And that's for children and for the youth. So my advice I gave them was when someone brings up politics and those things, just kind of be agreeable. Now, being agreeable does not mean agreeing. We did a podcast on this a long time ago. Being agreeable is um, a way of going along with someone to calm the situation down, to find common ground, not to actually say, yes, you're right. So if, if you were to agree with someone, let's say someone had a strong political view that you didn't have a, a strong political view on, and they, they said their political view and they expected you to say, yes, I agree with you. If you were to agree with them when you actually didn't feel that way, it can feel disingenuous, but I would get why some people just go along with the narrative because you don't want drama if you don't want to fight. And other people will say, hey, listen, I'm not going to agree with that. And I need to say something to them because they're wrong. And, you know, they're, you know, they're spreading propaganda. Well, I would suggest that you nod your head and you say, you know what? You're right. There's a lot of stuff out there that's difficult to understand. And man, I, you know, all I know is that there's one thing that we're all worried and we're all concerned about that we can all agree upon. And that's the future of our children. I'm not sure exactly what president or what stand is going to be best for our kids, but I do know that your children and my children are the utmost priority. And so speaking of children, how are your children doing, by the way? If you notice that little segue, and I went into more depth with these people, but they got what I was doing. First of all, to be agreeable, like I said, just means to go along. But you can only go along for so long before the person will start pressing you and saying things like, well, who are you going to vote for? If someone is going to vote for, if someone's going to just blatantly catch you off guard and say, well, who are you voting for? And they're trying to, you feel like they're drawing a line in the sand. Like, what side are you on? I suggest people just go, ooh, that's a great question. You know, I'm not sure who I'm going to vote for because things seem pretty crazy right now, but I know what I'm definitely going to vote for or be in support of. And you'll get their attention like, what's that? And then you can look them in the eye and say, the youth, our children having the best chance to inherit a better world than the one we have right now. See, even if people do not believe they're part of the problem and they think that everyone else is the problem, most people, at least that I come across, will not disagree that nobody wants to leave anything for our kids to have to clean up and fix. Especially if we don't have a lot of trust that our kids can't even clean up the kitchen or clean up after themselves after they eat dinner or clean up their room. So if we don't feel that our kids can clean up little basic things around the house, I don't think we're going to be too confident that our kids going to be able to clean up the world if we leave it in shambles. I'm all about people having conversations that promote connection, understanding. But if you're listening to this podcast and if you think it's your job to change the way someone thinks or that you can't stand by when someone has harsh criticism against your political views, your religious views, whatever that may be, maybe it's time for someone to take a different approach. And that person could be you. To take the approach of being agreeable and then just some, a simple way to remember this is that when we can relate, it kills the hate. 
If you can find something to relate with people on, you can shift the conversation and pivot the conversation away from politics and away to just remember that our kids playing together, our kids having a future. What are your kids up to lately? That can take the conversation outside of an uncomfortable realm and awkwardness and potential confrontation and put the conversation in a place that we all have common ground. And that's our family and the future of our family. If the person you're talking to does not have family, do not have kids, I seriously doubt that they'll disagree that the youth and being concerned about the future of our youth is not a valid concern. The one person, one of the two people asked me about this. They said they have a family member who has no children and doesn't really seem to ever want to talk about children because they don't have children. I said, well, do they have dogs? And they said, well, yes, they do. I said, do they treat their dogs like their children? And they said, funny you should say that because they're always posting pictures of their dogs and how their dogs are like their kids. I'm like, okay, well, why don't you flip it around on them? Say, you know what? All I know is I'm going to vote for a successful future for the children and for animals. And, you know, even though I know you don't have a, a child, I know your dog is your child. If you tell a pet owner that their pet is their child or similar to it, they will not disagree with you. Now, some, some people that, and I'm just speaking about this, I've heard this happen before. Some people that have children, they'll mock and laugh at people that don't have children, talk about their pets as if they are their children. They go, yeah, well, you know, well, it's, you know. It's almost like some people want to dismiss people not feeling that connection with their pets as if they're children. I suggest do the opposite to find common ground. If we can find things to relate, it's going to kill not just the hate between people, but the hatred that can creep inside of conversations. So don't be scared to say, you know, even though you don't have children, I know that your, your animals are like your child. And like any good animal owner, you want the best for your animal and I want the best for my children. So speaking of which, how is your dog doing? You know, I'm, they seem so happy. Ask them questions about their dog. <clears throat> if they don't have a child, if they have a child, ask them questions about their child. There's nothing that's stated out there in the world that says you have to talk about politics. You have to talk about things that are very polarizing. So when you're at a family reunion, when you're at a family get together, when you're doing something you know, amongst family and friends, if conversations get heated or if you start to see that they're going that direction, quickly be agreeable, tell a person, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, and then, try, and then switch the conversation towards their children, their animals, or if, they're, if they don't have either of those, something that you know is something that you both have common ground upon. If you're fans for the same team, for goodness sakes, bring up that team. If their team, that team is having a bad year, bring up how frustrating that bad year is. Some people like to talk about things that stir the pot, anger them, get them to talk about the sports or the team or something. And if they bring up politics about it, you know, just simply just keep on talking about sports. Keep on talking about your favorite artist, your favorite movie that you watch. Have conversations about things that you can relate upon because the root of the word relationship is and always will be relate. So thank you guys as always for listening to the podcast. I know this is a very short one. But as I told you guys, um, I'm just trying to get back, uh, back on my feet. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I look forward to uh, more conversations in the future and getting back to, uh, to you know, some, some of the conversations, you know, from questions you guys have asked. And I, I appreciate you guys um, just, just overall just being supportive. Um, 
I'm no longer on social media, um, not for political reasons, just because it's, um, I think I mentioned this before in the past, but it's, it's hard for me to be on social media because people reach out to me on social media and sharing a lot of very difficult stories and challenges that their kids are going through. And it breaks my heart. I want to, I want to personally get involved with every single one of you that has ever asked me to be involved with your kids and help them out. If, if you've been, you know, a person that feels that I could help and that you feel that I'd be a good fit for your child and you haven't gotten a response from me or I, I've said no, trust me when I tell you, it breaks my heart. In fact, it breaks my heart so much that I had to get off social media in general. And, you know, maybe that's a, a selfish way of handling it. But for me, it was very self-preserving because my heart has so many strings, but it can, if they're all being pulled at the same time, it's, it's, it makes me feel like I'm doing a horrible job. And, you know, if I'm down on myself and beat myself up, you know, that's not good for anybody. So I apologize to anyone out there that's reached out and I haven't reached back to you guys. Um, and if not, I just want to let you guys know that I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just not on social media because, you know, I, I got to stay focused on the things that I can control right now. But if you are on social media, please stay on social media, you know, do whatever you want to do. I'm not, I'm not telling people to get off social media, but I do believe that for me right now, it's definitely helped me not feel so guilty and so horrible about not being able to help out everyone out there. So without further ado, thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening, light the fight. And thanks to 1-800, our community sponsor. And until next time, like Heidi would say, if she was here, she's actually, um, she's covered me for the past month or so. But if she was here, she would say, thank you for helping us to light the fight.